Next up we have Veronica Mars. This song goes out to my friends in the Tritons. Get you, get you, get you one way or another. I'm gonna win ya. I'm gonna get ya. I'll get ya one way or another. I'm gonna see ya. I'm gonna meet you, meet you, meet you, meet you one day. Maybe next week. I'm gonna meet ya. I'm gonna meet ya. I'll meet ya. I'll walk down the mall, stand over by the wall where I see it all. Find out who you call. Lead you to the supermarket. Check out. See some specials and rap them. Get lost in the crowd. One way or another. I'm gonna get you, 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 get you one way or another. I'm gonna get you, I'll get you, I'll get you, get you, get you, get you one way. You're listening to the We Don't Want to Wait iZombie Podcast Marshmallow Crossover Special. Maybe I should change that to Spectacular. My name is Robin. I'm Stephanie. And we are here talking about Veronica Mars and getting ready for that reboot coming down the line. We're getting ready for iZombie coming back down the line. Uh, but right now we are in Neptune. We're in uh, the first season of Veronica. And uh, yeah, getting excited. Yes, and I didn't realize, when we were talking about the episodes last two weeks ago, I didn't realize, I realized then that I didn't see the end of the episode. (laughs) Yes. Because I was like, oh yeah, he was the chauffeur's slash butler's (laughs) son, he wasn't rich, that's why he stole the money. So you remembered that from maybe your first time watching it years ago? (laughs) Yes. Okay, and also, I was thinking about... The episode about the commune mm-hmm. and how the guy was using the commune. Drinking the Kool-Aid or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. To uh, keep his parents from stealing the money, the family business or whatever. Yep. And I realized they br- they deprogrammed him or reprogrammed him or brainwashed him. Mm-hmm. And he was back like they won. So Veronica lost that episode. Yeah. Like it was that, a dark. It was a, that is it was that a is dark kind of a dark ending, yeah. So yeah. in the world of Veronica Mars, it doesn't always. You don't always get a happy ending. No, nope. it was definitely was not a win. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, you know, yeah. Because I was like, oh, the end. He won. He beat his family. <laughs> no, he didn't. His nope. family won. There's lots of losing this week. Uh, for for many of our characters, trying to uh, finding uh, finding out things, losing parents, uh, just uh, yeah, some 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 crazy stuff happens. Um, and I was just like, I mean, this week I was just watching these four episodes and uh, thinking, wow, I can't believe like all this stuff is happening here. You know, like it's all happening. I mean, no wonder the first season is known as being, like, the best Veronica Mars season. Now, it's not cr- any crack against the other seasons, but, I mean, this is, you know, we learn all about, about all these characters, but a lot of these, uh, I don't know, a lot of really memorable cases come up. It's not just the whole Lily Kane murder. Um, yeah, a lot of memorable stuff happens. Oh, so much. So mm-hmm. much. So this week we are talking about Silence of the Lamb. Clash of the Tritons, 
Lord of the Bling and Mars versus Mars. Yeah. You watched all those? I did. I watched every single second of all these episodes. And I, I wish was- I could say the same. Uh, my my uh, used DVDs, uh, I have to say that I had to look at some online resources to um, find out what happened at the end of Silence of the Lamb and the beginning of – oh, wait. No, it wasn't Silence of the Lamb. Uh, no, no. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> the end of Silence of the Lamb and the beginning of uh, – not Lord of the Bling. Clash of the Tritons. Um, which really irritated me because, yeah, there was like a, a deep uh, scratch on the DVD that I bought used. So I believe it was last time I was talking about how – you know, my life is charmed and I have DVDs that work and uh, yada, yada, yada. Well, you know, yeah, I got I got screwed this time. <laughs> so well, maybe um, that's it. Maybe that's the only scratch. Hopefully. I like labeled the disc for future viewing. Like, hey, just so you know, I wrote a little note to myself. Dear future Robin, these episodes are messed up. Oh, yeah. I think I've thrown away a disc of Buffy accidentally. Uh-huh. I don't really? know which one. Yeah. <laughs> or just like disappeared with a an old DVD player or something? Yeah, like the DVD player tore up and I yeah. threw it away and I think there was a Buffy disc in it. Oops. Yep. Now I'm going to have to buy a whole set. Why? Just watch them all on Facebook. That's true. Anyway, if I had time. I don't have time for that. <laughs> I've invited you to uh, many little uh, Facebook watch parties. Yes, and but... I have to sleep. Yeah, I know. I do them way too late. That's the only time I can do it when no, there's no kids around. Anyway, this is Laugh. behind the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've been off for a week. We had, I hope you had a happy holiday. And a I happy did. Year. Did you? Good. Yeah. Had a great, yeah. great. Yeah. Had to work. Oh, well. Yeah, I had to work most of it, too. <laughs> I, had, I had New Year's Day off and... The a few remaining hours of New Year's Eve off, and I had Christmas off. I didn't have any other days off. You didn't have Christmas Eve off? Nope. Wow. We got let out early. We got let out early on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, but um, the actual days I had off, I was at, I didn't ask for any vacation time. I had this magnificent vacation a couple mm-hmm. months ago. <laughs> I don't think I had any more time left, so. Uh. And, uh, yeah, so, but, uh. Yeah, it was a nice. It was a nice break from podcasting as well. It was nice not, have, yeah. not having to worry about like right watching anything right now. And just yeah, of, like, not relaxing and watching holidays to. movies. Yeah. yeah, I watched uh, the marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh yeah, I saw you were pouring through that. Oh, it's wonderful. It's unlike anything else you've ever oh, seen. Oh, nice, mm-hmm. nice. Uh, I watched all sorts of stuff. You watched Homecoming. How was Homecoming? Oh, yeah. I poured through Homecoming. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. Um, I don't even... I have, like, no idea what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. It made me want to listen to the podcast. <laughs> so, oh, it's based on a podcast. It's based on the podcast, yeah. Oh. Okay. See, I'm watching Dirty John. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, I've listened to that podcast, and I'm watching that, that show as well. I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying that. Yeah, it's a good... So mainly because it's just thriller. Yeah. It's full of character actors that I like. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, anyway, <clears throat> we should get to it. Silence of the Lamb, written by Jed Seidel and Dana Lynn North, uh, a couple of regular writers, uh, but not not the most uh, famous ones that we know from iZombie. I'm not sure if either of them have done iZombie episodes. Actually, I, I wish I looked that up beforehand. But 
the, the summary is while digging up dirt on parents, Veronica Mars finds out that Mac was actually switched at birth with a spoiled <laughs> O-Niner named Madison Sinclair. Of course. Mm-hmm. Switched at birth. Yeah. So uh, we have the uh, more of a uh, kind of a Lily Kane murder stuff that leads into the E-String e Strangler case to talk about. Or we can just talk about uh, uh, switched at birth first. Which, which, which do you want to talk about? Oh, let's talk about switched at birth. All right. So we have this guy, Jackson Douglas, which seemed like a very southern name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he wants dirt on his parents for leverage. And we, also we... It's it, it's funny how we kind of like get little splishes and splashes, like little little clues of what's going on. Like um, this guy wants to run on his parents. Meanwhile, Madison Sinclair's parents sent her a string quartet to the, to the <laughs> high school to play for her birthday. Uh, I guess we've advanced from like getting pizza delivered to string quartets. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Veronica. Uh, uh, Finds out some dirt and the other teens kind of catch on and start hiring her. And I love how Mac is like, hey, so uh, I turned the last big (laughs) trending thing into a huge scam. Let's make some money here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But first she asks about her own parents and um, and and the the other little clue that kind of gets – Dropped in, just like oh, Mac. Mac says, oh, she had a birthday recently too. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, one little funny note here is that one of the teens that um, asks uh, Veronica to look into her parents is an O niner named Crystal, and Crystal is played by Katie Leclerc, who starred in the ABC Family Show Switched at Birth. <laughs> ah, which was written by one of these. I guess Dana Lynn North. Oh, really? I didn't know that. One of these, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so anyway, she's got the. She's a uh, switched at birth. You know, she's uh, pigeonholed. <laughs> as a rock. Katie Leclerc or Dana Lynn North are the both of Dana them. Dana Lynn North. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Maybe that's that's interesting to think of. Like uh, she had this idea, probably it was like oh, I can make a whole show out of the, you know what is life like after because you know you can't take the show and just kind of focus it on Mac and uh, Madison when we have all sorts of other stuff we need to worry about here. Um, but um, yeah, so we find out that Mac is was switched at birth with Madison Sinclair, and um, and it's funny because. So, my my first note here is that Mac is named Mac because her last name is Mackenzie. Mm-hmm. So if she's not actually a Mackenzie, that like totally erases her identity. <laughs> like, like she's not she can't even call herself Mac anymore. If she ends up going back to this other family. Her her real name's Cindy, Cindy uh. Mackenzie. Yeah, and so it would be basically if you if you swap the girls back and have them take their own. Their 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 true last names, they would be alliterative, which means that Madison Sinclair and Cindy McKenzie would be Madison McKenzie and Cindy Sinclair. Mm. <laughs> so it's like almost like it was set up from the beginning that this guy that you know that it would work out that way. Not that they actually called it out, but just writing it out is M M C C, and this is like Madison McKenzie Sin Cindy Sinclair. It's pretty funny. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, 
And it's such a switched at birth. It's such a interesting thing to look at as far as the nature versus nurture. Yeah, it really deals into the. It, it really, I, I think, lands hard on the nature side, doesn't it? Yeah, I used to. I I used to before I was a parent. I believed more in nurture, and mm-hmm. I think we all want to think that we we shape our children into the people who. But I I'm like I believe it's ninety percent nature. Wow. It's interesting because my youngest constantly wants to deliver mail, and I'm like, "Why? Where does this even come from?" Really? There's some there's some people that are laughing out there at that joke. <laughs> it's not you. <laughs> I'm saying that she might have inherited that from oh, me. Oh, from me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I like that. You know, yeah. The, the the families are each of the families are. If you switch them, it, but they, you know, Madison's like, mother seems very down. To, I don't know what you would call her down to earth. You know, Madison's she doesn't biological mother. You mean Max's mother? Yes, Madison yeah. uh, Sinclair, the Miss Sinclair. Yeah, does it seem like the type of person who would sing, send a strings quartet and a birthday cake to school to to be you know ostentatious? Oh, that's true. In front of. Her that's class. not a very McKenzie thing to do. That is a that's not a Mac thing to do. That would definitely be an O Niner thing. Mm-hmm. Like Madison's parents didn't seem to be very O Ninery. Didn't seem to be the O Nine. You know, rich people are different, or people are different kinds of people. But these O Niners seem to be a very specific kind of rich people. <laughs> you know. Yeah, little little sister Lauren, which I thought that was like the most like you know the sweetest part of the show is when like, yeah you're like Ma- oh, Mac meets her real little sister, who and she's a like a little with her. yeah exactly, and she's uh, she's reading the Westing game, which is a uh, is a detective novel, so um, very uh, very Veronica Mars even. <laughs> mm. Well, let uh, me ask you this: at some point, Veronica says we've got to figure out where this million dollars went because. Yeah. They got a million dollars for their trouble. Right. So what happened to the million dollars? Well, it's funny because I actually was playing detective as I was watching it. And like when we go to Mac's house, like I was noticing her house is huge, like really high ceilings. Uh, I believe there was like a fireplace. Um, stuff like that. So I initially was like, oh, they bought a house with the money, you know, and that's where they spent the money. But they, uh, Veronica uncovers that, um, Mac's, uh, father apparently, uh, invested the money into a business and ended up failing. Somebody else took the business over and now he actually works for the business that he started. Uh, <laughs> so kind of sucks. Yeah. I figured it was kind of like. Maybe the Sinclairs got the, did they both get a million dollars? Yep. So the Sinclairs took their million dollars and were successful with it, and right. the McKenzie's took theirs and weren't so lucky. Yeah. So I didn't get to see this, but what did you think of the scene where um, Mac has puts her hand on the window to her real mother? And uh, I think it was good. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um. Um, it I wish was I could ve- have seen it. <laughs> yeah, it was very, it was very sad. It was very yeah. like a, oh, what could have been? Oh, I don't fit in with my family, and I never understood why. And now I see. 
Yeah, but it seems that Mac is like, rather than lean into that, she's just like, okay, now I know, and I'm going to go camping now. Yeah, it is what Um, it is. These are this is my family. Uh huh. I like that we have Veronica point out in voiceover that she actually had the same kind of thing happen recently with the paternity test that she decided that she didn't want to know at all. Right. So I like how it kind of touched on that a little bit. So that's still kind of hanging out there in the wind. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. So um, do you want to mention anything else about that or should we move on to the other part? Uh, the other part, because why is this called Silence of the Lamb? Silence of the Lamb. It's because uh, Sheriff Lamb, or who actually Veronica calls deputy at the beginning of the episode, I don't know if you noticed that, yeah. um, uh, uh, is uh, doesn't like just kind of like, accepts, like doesn't. I don't know. I, I think it's more like. I, I, first of all, I think they really wanted to push in that. Okay, we have somebody named Lamb. We got to use the the joke of Silence of the Lamb. So uh, how do we? I mean, I think it's just him not speaking up and uh, being a good cop. You know, I, that's the best I can get out of it. It's kind of dicey, but anyway, um, we did we do meet the mayor of Neptune here uh, when they come and ask for Keith's help. Oh because- yeah, when when they came in, like my heart sank. Like, I was nervous for Keith. I was, mm-hmm. like, embarrassed and worried, you know? <laughs> uh, like, intimidated, but yet, you know, ready for Keith to uh, put him in their place. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of emotions going on when the yeah. mayor came. Um, we do, uh, I will spoil this, uh, we never see this mayor again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to see him... Um, he's played by an actor named Jeff Rector, and Jeff is currently um, a Trump impersonator <laughs> on these uh, YouTube shorts called Trumped, which uh, from the likes on, on the videos are not doing very well. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, so uh, I didn't actually watch it because I just can't deal with um, – Humorous takes on Trump. Uh-huh. I just it's just all too it's all too real, and I I don't find it funny anymore. No. So Mm-mm. anyway, <laughs> well, don't watch Fahrenheit eleven nine. I know that's that's. <laughs> I saw that you watched that, and I was like, I got to get to that. Uh, maybe no, after don't. it's all over, <laughs> look back and go, that was horrible. Yeah, uh, but of course, I don't know if I'll have power. So, um, you know, when it's all over, because. The nuclear wasteland. Anyway, um, so uh, so we have kind of like a side plot set up here. Veronica wants Keith to go check out this recording to find out who pointed the finger at Abel Kuntz, but Keith says no. So now Veronica is, you know, not only helping Mac, but she's also using the fact that Keith is in the police station as an excuse to go visit herself and pull this scam on uh, Deputy Leo. Oh yeah. Deputy Leo is here. Um, he's by. also he's also on Greek. Oh, he is. Uh huh. It's so funny when I first started watching New Girl and realized that this guy, the guy that plays uh, what's his face on New Girl, <laughs> um, is also the guy that played Deputy Leo. It's so like it's so strange <laughs> because he doesn't act like that at all. 
this like I don't know like this constant anxious uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but he's got this whole uh, mannerism he puts on. And I noticed that he's now in a new show with uh, Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah. And from the commercials, it seems like he's just kind of doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Kind of neurotic. Yeah, neurotic. Yeah. But like in here, he is Leo. He's cool. We like him. We're we're and, we're, and we're kind of shipping him and with he Veronica. Has this New York accent? I think. Yeah. He's he's Leo D'Amato. So you know he maybe he's from the East Coast. I don't know. Um, just so you know, Leo is an acronym in the law enforcement world for law enforcement officer. <laughs> like this. So I wonder if that was on purpose or not. Um. But uh, yeah, Max Greenfield, um, and it's like if only that was the um, the uh, most famous person we see this week. It's crazy; <laughs> they just keep coming. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, Veronica anyway flirts with Leo, and Weevil distracts him, and she gets the recording. Oh, and Weevil's cute; he's so funny. <laughs> Again, this is another part I didn't see. I, I read he does a noise complaint, and uh, I'm like. Ah. I yeah, remember that. yeah. He like plays the, you know, uh, if this if this happened in a white neighborhood, in an old niner neighborhood, yeah, it'd be this, and because it's in the barrio. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, it turns out that Leo is in a band. He's a drummer. Um, and, oh yeah, because uh, they're looking for the strangler, and they go to this guitar shop, this uh, instrument, this music shop, and it turns out that this is a very common. Uh, guitar string Well at least that's what the clerk says Who ends up being the E string strangler Right Yeah. Who who, uh, who plays uh, D- Dana Plays uh, the husband On uh, crazy ex The uh, Crazy ex girlfriend Yes he plays What's her name Paula Paula's husband Okay yeah, I saw that in his <laughs> his IMDb. I was like, I don't know this person, but it looks like he's on he's a regular, right? He's Steve Monroe. Yeah, you see him on he's you know, he's on everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um but uh yeah, uh, who I was most frustrated I didn't get to see more than one scene with was uh the first suspect, which is Aaron Paul, who's who's Oh yeah. the worm. <laughs> He's a guy that does movies for Girls Gone Bad, <laughs> and uh, I have to. I have to also probably say that um, I finally um, got my wife to uh, watch Breaking Bad with me last night, the first episode, and we ended up watching two more afterwards. Uh, oh. She's hooked, and I'm so proud. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I thought the whole melting in the bathtub incident would totally break her but uh-huh. she was she was kind of chuckling along with the whole thing i was like wow <laughs> so anyway. not too dark <laughs> um so yeah i i wish i could say much more about this strangler case that stuck stuck out to me but uh, frankly i didn't get to see the last part of it i got to see when they go see aaron paul the first time at the hotel and um keith leaves him be and lamb is yelling at him but I guess yeah, uh, because they could they couldn't. I mean, it was just obvious that Keith has more experience and more knowledge and more. Right. You know, he's because Lamb was like, "Why didn't we arrest him?" 
but it was Keith was just this was just a fact finding trip. He just yeah. got you know got some he got a quick glimpse of I guess a guitar in the room. So they think that yeah. Could, but there's nothing you you know you can't arrest somebody for having a guitar. <laughs> um. Another big thing, I guess, that happens in this is, you know, we have this whole awkwardness because Leo is like, what, 20 and Veronica is 17. So they're, you know, they're flirting, but, um, and Keith kind of catches Veronica hanging out at his band practice. And then um, Leo ends up saving Keith from getting killed or getting clobbered by the Mm -hmm. strangler during the, yeah. Or strangled, I don't know. I can't remember. Strangled, yeah. Also, um, uh, Veronica gets the audio file. Mac strips it down. We find out it's Clarence Weedman, the security guy from um, Kane um, Kane Tech, Tech Technologies or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and she takes photos of him and sends them to him to show him how it feels. Oh, yeah. Boom. Anyway, anything more about that episode? I don't think so. Clash of the Tritons, uh, written by Phil Clemmer and Ari Wallington. Uh, when Veronica is arrested for selling fake IDs, she has to figure out who set her up and whether it was a secret society in Neptune High. So I have, um, let's see, three things to talk about here. The, obviously the who set up Veronica mystery, uh, more on the Lily Kane murder and, uh, when the tabloids go after Aaron a little bit, a little bit from that as well. What do you want to talk about first? Is this the one where Lily's back? Um, no. Lily is back? Didn't we see Lily in one of these episodes? Yeah, I know we saw her in the um, the Yolanda case. The flashbacks in there. Oh, okay. The Lord of the Bling. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Back it up. Back it up. Clash mm. of the Tritons. <laughs> so do you want to talk about the uh, setup? Oh, there's children running around outside my room, so hopefully nobody... Here's that. <laughs> that's, fine. that's fine. That's what children do. <laughs> At least they're giggling instead of uh, instead of screaming. Um, all right, let's just start off with the case. Uh, it, I love how I don't know if you caught this, but the student that uh, Veronica is talking to in like, while she's waiting in the office to talk to Miss James is the same guy that ends up being like the grandmaster of the Tritons later. Did you notice that? Uh, did you watch this episode? I did watch this episode, <laughs> but it was days ago. I think I, I think I did notice that. Yes. Yeah, he had glasses on, and he was telling Veronica how he couldn't wait to get out of here. And then when the it's revealed, like they're all doing the the ceremony, he's the one that's actually giving, you know, doing the whatever fake chance. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we got Rick here, who's played by JD Pardo. Um, JD starred in Drive, the Tim Minear show that lasted like half a season. Oh yeah, it was so good. Revolution, um, which I probably was the only person that watched till the end. Mm-hmm. And yes, uh, now, you were. now he now he stars on uh, Mayans. Uh, mm. He's the star of that show. So, um, but yeah, wow, what a what a case! It goes from feeling pity for this guy Rick, who's who ended up using fake IDs and gets and says he was intimidated into pointing the finger at Veronica for for um, because the Tritons made him do it to all the way to turns out that Rick is the one who's creating the IDs 
And he did this because he wanted revenge on the Tritons for not inviting him in and also revenge on Veronica because her dad caught his dad for embezzlement like a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I thought this was weak. <laughs> I, it, I thought it was good when we were actually worried about these the Tritons. When it turned out the Tritons were just kind of like a bunch of uh, dumb jocks, you know, doing dumb jock things. Um I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to open up the podcast with it. So you've already heard it, listeners. But uh, the best part of this is when Veronica sings Blondie. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. Uh, excuse me? Wait, what did she sing? One she way or another. Oh, okay. But the <laughs> thing is, that was not a good... Uh, a good... Um, representation of her vocal skills oh well i guess it wasn't a good it was was awesome (laughs) i mean it was okay it could have been better not that she could have done a better job but it was a good song that represented uh uh, what was going on that she was going to get them yes Yes, that was great exactly but it was she if there was another song that she sang she could have you know, showed off more because that's more of a talky song. Mm-hmm. She's more talky and not singy. However, I would have ba- rather have heard her sing. Yeah, full I out know. sing well, and show off her vocal range. All right, Simon, I, I understand. <laughs> you want to kick? You want to kick Kristen Bell out of the? But let me just talk. No, uh, I'm just saying song choice. Yo, dog. Uh, let me play Randy over here. <laughs> Oh, golly. Why, no, but why I would do just, we, wanna, we don't want to go back. <laughs> we want to do the mask mask singer. That's the new thing. Um, uh, I I just wanted to say that back when this show first aired, really nobody really knew anything about Kristen Bell singing talents. Yeah, uh, uh, when Frozen came out, I didn't know anything about. Yeah, it. I was like, what? Kristen Bell can sing? Yeah. Um. There's a actually. Uh, let me just, uh, spoil trivia from from uh, the next, the last episode rather. Um, the girl that plays Susan Kane in the Mars versus Mars episode actually starred with her in the musical Reefer Madness, which blew my mind when that I saw that come out on video. I think I was working at Blockbuster. Um, I was like, "What the Veronica Mars is singing um, in a musical? Like <laughs> what?" Um, so I don't know. Yeah, we had no idea, and uh, yeah. It's just a, I don't know. It's a cool moment, and I. That's probably because that's probably the reason why I don't like the reveal that it's Rick at the end. Because you know, if Rick was in that crowd and she was saying, "I'm gonna get you, get you, get you," like just knowing that Rick might be kind of intimidated by that. Whereas you know, it's now a crowd of people that don't have any idea that this whole thing is happening. Um, yeah, it's just weird. Also, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, wouldn't the Tritons know that they are being blamed for, you know, getting Veronica in trouble? And wouldn't they do something to, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it was just weak. Even, weak. Especially since Duncan is a pledge, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, Lily Kane murder. We, uh, Ms. James is offering grief counseling. Uh, she wants to get an update a year after Lily's murder. 
And um, Veronica ends up bucking her office with a stapler, <laughs> which course. is awesome. That, I mean, that was good because Veronica could – that was a good way for Veronica to hear what people were actually thinking, like what Duncan was actually thinking. Because mm-hmm. uh, this is where she finds out that Duncan has other issues other than uh, you know having a hard time getting over his sister's death. Yeah, he stopped taking his meds. And, you know, we saw him stop taking it, but he also said that um, he, um, as a result of his meds or not taking them or something, he was has some missing time leading up to the murder. So it's like, oh, he's not only has an alibi, but he actually doesn't even remember what happened, or at least that's what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So immediately you're thinking, oh, is this a John Bonet Ramsey deal where, you know, I, I don't know, do, do people think or is it just me that you know it could be the father killed or uh, they're covering up or the brother killed or the like the family is covering up for each mm. other or something you know is that what happened did he kill lily and the family is covering up does he yeah. know who did and it's he you know he could uh, recover that memory someday you know there's lots of different right uh scenarios possibilities that could could happen Another scenario is that Weevil admits that he was writing her like unsolicited love notes and she was uh, she was it was it was bothering her. So she was trying to transfer out of a PE class that she shared with him. Oh, yeah. He talks about how, you know, basically like his heart was broken by her. Mm -hmm. And then um, Logan tearfully tells the reason why he hates Veronica so much is because Veronica uh, snitched on him for sharing one kiss with some other girl. And that caused Lily to dump him. And if he wasn't dumped by Lily, he would have been around her when, you know, she was murdered. Could have have saved her life. And um, Ms. James, like, reminds him that maybe Veronica actually somehow saved his life by making that not happen. And then he says, well, what's so great about living? Mm. So maybe that's why Logan is such a jerk because mm-hmm. he's depressed. Yep, he blames. He's you know he he can't be mad at Lily because she's not around. I, he, he you know he's looking for someone to blame. You know, and you know since there's no murderer to blame. I mean, I guess since maybe he can blame Abel Kuntz, he's in jail, but Abel wouldn't have gotten. To Veronica, it, you know, if he believes that Abel is the killer, Abel wouldn't have gotten to Veronica, or wouldn't have gotten to Lily if Veronica didn't tell on him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And also, since Weevil was uh, stalking Lily or harassing her, or was heartbroken by, you know, could it be that he killed her? Yep. Yep. I can't uh, remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm so glad. Um, <laughs> Um, so, uh, also, um, Logan also, there's another plot here where Logan is getting his family dirt aired on the radio and he ends up getting into a fist fight with a kid who says his mom is hotter than the caterer. This episode is actually, um, um, this episode was supposed to air after, uh, an Eccles family Christmas. Uh Uh-huh. I think Silence of the Lambs was, Silence of the Lamb was supposed to air before Eccles family Christmas. Um, but. Since they were getting cut off earlier in the year or something like that, they pushed Silence of the Lamb ahead. So it's interesting that there's reper- repercussions from 
what happened at the the Christmas party in this episode, like you know, two episodes later. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so the you know the whole caterer and everything. Yeah, and uh, we get Aaron and Leon Eccles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aaron um, goes to Keith to see what he can do about getting these tabloids off his back. You know who's. Who's reporting to the tabloids about his intimate details? And he and he says he reveals that only his daughter Trina is really talking to him. And uh, so we know now that they have a daughter named Trina. We haven't seen yet. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, Keith ends up telling Aaron, you know, that he found out that his wife was actually the one that uh, was giving those intimate details to the tabloids. And so Aaron threatens Lynn and Logan like lashes right at him and tells him he's, he'll kill him if, you know, he talks to his mother like that. So Lynn gets up, pops, says she can't take it anymore, pops some pills, gets into her uh, Ferrari or whatever it was. Maserati. Uh, I don't even Corvette. know. Corvette. It's a Corvette. It's a Corvette. Okay. <laughs> Drives it to the Coronado Bridge and jumps off. Or did she? <laughs> or did she? <laughs> Which it's just... Wow, just the, it's so abrupt, Uh, you know, I'm not sure, this was really shocking, because it wasn't really a huge part of the episode, and then when this, it ends with like the helicopter shot over the, uh, the bridge, the the abandoned car on the bridge, you know, I thought this was pretty, just crazy. Yeah, because, and also, like, this isn't the way... And also suicide, you know, would such a vain, a vain person uh, commit suicide? Or if they did, yeah. would it be in this way or or whatever? Yeah. Um, I had to start doing this a uh, little break in between when we get halfway through. Um, I sh- I, I've been meaning to do this. And since they've been um, featuring us, I should definitely uh, mention. Uh, we don't have sponsors, but um, – I want to remind people to uh, check out the TV Time app um, if you want to join a global community of TV watchers where our podcast, among others, is currently streaming. Download the TV Time app today and go to tvtime.com for more details. And it's really cool. They're even they're posting these episodes under their Veronica Mars page. So um, definitely check out TV Time and you can talk about each of the episodes and you can stream our podcast from there, which is pretty cool. Um, we're also a member of the TV Talk Network. Lots of TV. Um, so make sure to check out TV Talk for more podcasting fun. That's tvtalk.fm. Previously called DC TV Talk, but uh, it's rebranded now. So it's more than DC. <laughs> mm. All right. So let's get into Lord of the Bling, um, written by John Embaum, who I believe has done some iZombie and Party Down and other things in the past. Rob Thomasy. Mm-hmm. Um, record producer Percy Bone Hamilton <laughs> bringing it back. Uh, <laughs> Anthony uh, Anderson before his <laughs> surgery, or do you think he got surgery? Oh, he just yes, I'm shape? sure. I'm sure he got the sleeve at least. The sleeve? What's the sleeve? You know, the gastric sleeve. Okay, what is that like? They put a sleeve around, yeah, your stomach or something. Yeah, or so you can't eat. It? Yeah, that's crazy. And he looks so funny now. His he's like bony little shoulders. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we used to see him so chunky. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. I mean, good for him. Um, uh, he'll probably live longer. I don't know. <laughs> um, so 
uh, Percy Bone Hamilton, uh, his daughter, an old friend of Veronica's, is kidnapped, and Keith is hired to find her. So, shall we start talking about Percy Bone Hamilton, or do we want to talk more about the Eccles drama? That's the other. I don't care. <laughs> it's the Eccles drama. Let's talk about Eccles drama. This is kind of a continuation. Um, we got the you know the wake, the funeral. Um, Logan is bitter at his dad, but is also like he sees that his dad is mourning his mother, and uh, you know he he throws like sarcasm at him, but yet like there's this part where. Aaron like holds his hand and he holds on to it for a moment. Um, also, uh, we find out more about Trina. She is uh, on a shoot in Sydney and can't attend her own mother's wake. Um, Only on television. <laughs> <laughs> I love there's a classic Logan moment where Aaron offers Logan a truce, and right before they walk outside, he like puts the sunglasses on and flashes the peace sign, which is. Just classic, um, but uh, yeah, Logan attacks a photographer, and then they air their dirty laundry in front of all the you know TMZ reporters out there. Which you know, the life of, the, of a celebrity. Um, I love when Logan is sarcastically schmoozing with guests at the wake. I'm so glad you're here. Oh yeah, I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. Um, then uh, here's Aaron's agent, like. Telling him he needs to get back to work And Aaron ends up telling him that he's done with the business uh, He's not going to be an actor anymore um, And then Logan reveals to Duncan That he has his grandfather's lighter Which is a lighter that his mother Always kept with her in her purse And it says free at last And um, she left it behind And he thinks it was a sign That she's finally She's not dead She just escaped from this whole life this terrible laugh. Mm-hmm. There's no body found, so he's not going to believe it. He's like, I'm on a TV show now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> There's nobody. Yeah. So at the end of the episode, uh, Logan shows up on Veronica's doorstep and says she's got to help him find his mother. Oh, that? that was so good. That was... Mm-hmm. Ugh. Shall we talk so about... So many feels. So many so emotions. So much yeah. going Boy, on. Boy, that Logan isn't... You know, we find more and more. There's reasons for him that... Why he was such a jerk. And, you know, obviously some of them aren't justified. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling more for Logan. He's becoming a sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. Not just an ant- antagonistic... Uh, Bully. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did like that uh, uh, In the last episode When Veronica is taken out in cuffs In front of the whole school Like right on the side Pointing at uh, Veronica And kind of snickering was Logan <laughs> Like of course So uh, we have the case of uh, The missing Yolanda And um, a lo- Who a long time ago Used to be Veronica's friend <laughs> Great teaser Like just you just little golf clap to when the, yes. the theme song started. Uh, yeah, uh, this guy Bone is basically Suge Knight. You know, there's like yeah. every single story they say about him is something you've heard about Suge Knight in real life. Um, although, uh, you know, because it's Anthony Anderson, he's just a little bit more cuddly. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, he hires Keith, and uh, I love that Keith has his rumpled trench coat in this episode. He looks very much like the the private detective. You know, I was waiting for him to start saying "C" at the end of every one of his sentences. <laughs> uh, um, 
and he's got a bad bad back, so that gives uh, you know us a reason for uh, Veronica to stay with him on the case. So we get some good Keith and Veronica um, team up this episode. Um, so uh, the first, you know, he gives uh, gives Keith an enemies list, and the first person they look into is this guy Bloom, um, who ended up in a wheelchair after a uh, suspicious drive by. Because he snitched on Bones' uh, tax, eva- tax evasion, which is the sequel to Bone Tomahawk, by the way. Bone tax evasion. All right, so Veronica. Is this, wait, is this the guy who he hung out the window? Nope, that was Dimebag. Okay. Dimebag was the vanilla ice, and uh, uh, Bloom is the guy in the wheelchair. Um. Veronica looks into uh, Yolanda's friend Gabrielle, who is to big Disney fans. She is played by Monique Coleman, who is one of the stars of High School Musical. Okay. I mean, I just know this because I have three daughters. Um, so yada yada yada. We do get some flashbacks of Veronica and Lily and Yolanda hanging out, and uh, yeah, we find out that Yolanda is the one that uh, Logan kissed. And it's kind of left up in the air whether or not, like, who really initiated it. But we see Veronica catch them kissing. Mm. Yeah. Um, I also, we get Veronica undercover, which I loved. Uh, <gasps> Melinda, the hospitality hostess. <laughs> Wait. Oh, where she goes to the hotel and she, like... Yeah. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> she that, grabs the clipboard. That... That... Uh, that what is she? The the hotel employee is going to know that you don't work there. I know. I, I was like, why is this receptionist just going? Oh, okay. Just, just going know? along with this. <laughs> Probably is happy to get these jerks out of her face, you know. Um, but uh, what else? I do like the uh, just the glare that Keith gives Veronica when he listens. She tunes into the correct bug because Veronica acted because they switched rooms and Keith was bugging the wrong room. So Veronica switches frequencies in the car in order to um, make it so they're listening to the right room <laughs> and Keith overhearing them talk about their this scrawny blonde girl that helped them out and whether or not they'd hit that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Keith wasn't very happy. Well, and this also comes after her and Leo, you know. Oh, yes, yes, of course. You know, Keith was made to feel uncomfortable. There's just always things coming up like that that Keith <laughs> Wow, I can't imagine being Veronica's dad. <laughs> just, yeah. Um, well, she also um, plays Lisa um, over the phone. The this whatever the Valley Girl, the sorority girl, Lisa, who calls this the Ben Ben Bloom and his roommate to say that she had crabs. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so. There's possibly some gun violence and there's a there's a briefcase of money and all this stuff. And it turns out that uh, um, Yolanda ran off and uh, brother Bryce, who his father called Urkel at the beginning of the episode, uh, took advantage of it because um, he doesn't want to be seen as soft by his dad. Mm-hmm. And then we see that Yolanda got married to Ben Bloom, the son of the guy that um, Bone put in a wheelchair. And it's pretty much like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This unfair, was all, eh, in, unfair fair Veronica. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Yawn. 
next I episode. Mean, I just mean the mystery. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can say that's my joke too. I hear that a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. I wasn't too. I mean, I was happy to see Anthony Anderson. I was like, oh, Anthony mm-hmm. Anderson is this one. Yeah. You know? Oh, and his wife is played by Shuri Headley, that was in uh, Coming to America. Hmm. Really? She was in Switched at Birth. Oh, oh, good. Um, Dana Lynn North must have remembered her. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the next, last episode, um, which is uh, Mars versus Mars. Story which, by Rod. Go ahead. I was expecting this to be more uh, heavier than what it turns out to be. Yeah, we, I, I was expecting to be like a huge conflict between Veronica and Keith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there is a conflict, but Keith doesn't ever like get really mad at her you know he's just like i don't know he should be getting really mad and we'll, we'll talk about that but um story by rob thomas teleplay by jed saito and diane ruggiero um when carrie bishop the gossip queen of the o-niners accuses mrs Ro- mr Bro- uh, mr rooks veronica's favorite teacher of having an affair with her veronica sets out to prove her wrong and mr rooks innocent it's the Oh Captain My Captain episode. It's the um Every high school show has to do it. I guess but so. At but at least it, this was an interesting Oh Captain My Captain because you know, as cynical as Veronica is, she was she was totally convinced. And and even I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, it's Maybe Adam Scott. It's Adam Scott. Right. Anyway, let, let's I, let's just talk about the other stuff before we get into the case because I think the case is the best part of this. But um, there's other stuff that kind of happens around it. Um, so um, yeah, Veronica is helping Logan try to find out about the mother. I mean, she they track down different leads. One lady is trying to sell her story. Uh, one lady is cuckoo bananas. Uh, yeah, they think, they think that, and Logan is all in, you know, uh, gonna, wants to believe this woman, and she turns out to be a, a, a flake. Yeah, it's like, oh, he, she, he, she got picked up by Aaron's van from this famous movie, and yeah. Um, and then Weevil comes up with this freshman who um, got some video, was doing a home video, home movie with his friends, and uh, and turns out that Weevil's. Uh, See the gruesome sight of a woman falling, from, or you know, a body falling from the bridge in the background, which is just—I can't be- imagine being Logan, just seeing that and just being like, "What the?" F-? Yeah, like you seeing your own, you know. But then we find out that Lynn Eccles' credit card was used. So could it have been a fake? Could it have been somebody else's body? What do you think? It could be a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think she's alive without looking at IMDb? Uh, I don't know, but it's a good way to get Logan and Veronica interacting and being yeah. in more scenes together and having, you know, more great dialogue between them. Mm. Mm. More chemistry. The chemistry? Okay. Not just like a, a class? Like Nope. Full on chemistry. Could... All right. All right. <laughs> That's weird. Um, so anyway, <laughs> we also have uh, Veronica investigating a doctor who is Duncan's doctor to find out uh, what's up with Duncan. And um, oh, this was cute. It turns out that he takes meds for type four epilepsy, where he gets violent emotional fits and a loss of memory. Um, so violent. 
Mm. Yeah, and a loss of memory, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, uh, I, sorry, go ahead. Oh, that she pretended to be forgotten by the doctor in the exam <laughs> <Yeah>. room. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how she, like, there's, you know, it's good that I'm, I'm petite. She, she like, squishes herself in a little bathroom cabinet. <laughs> um, but, um, also another favorite line, um, where Duncan, like, catches her doing internet searches and you could see, I think he saw that she had a file with his name on it, but didn't say anything. Um, but she's pretending to look at the internet and says, there's a Veronica Mars in Vermont who sells pine cone porcupines. <laughs> <laughs> she was Googling herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then also, uh, you know, while looking for these uh, medical files, she finds Abel Kuntz's and she goes to Abel Kuntz's uh, jail and tells him that she knows that he's dying and that he must be playing someone's patsy, like he's getting paid off for it or something. Mm. Also, I want to note that um, um, Logan, I forgot to mention, Logan was showing Veronica a tabloid. Uh, to say, hey, listen, you know, this person who is interviewed here, like, said that they saw my mom get into a van. We'll find out. And then Veronica grabs the paper and looks at it and says, also, there's a jungle tribe that worships Donald Trump's hair. Oh, my gosh. I, like, jumped when I heard the name. I know. <laughs> like, uh, why, was, why was he a thing in mm. 2004? Or ever. Um, so... Let's get to uh, my next segment, which I titled, Oh My God, Adam Scott. Uh, <laughs> I love Adam Scott. I don't know about you, but Party Down, Parks and Rec. And now he's kind of showing up every once in a while in The Good Place with Kristen Bell. Um, he's been in a few indie movies. He's like a guy that I swear, I think he's a, a really good actor. Like he can play like like a like the sweet guy but also like he has this like dark edge to him that he can like dip into every once in a while yeah know? i will watch anything he's i even watched that ghosted show yeah that was me too terrible show. It, was <laughs> it really terrible. wasn't that good i was like it's gonna get better yeah that's the uh, thing i i, I uh, when it got canceled i was like oh good um but uh, i currently listen to him on on his podcast with scott Ackerman. You talking you two to me slash uh, are you talking R E M R E me, <laughs> which are both really funny shows that are barely about the bands that they're covering. But um, I highly suggest them. I mean, after you're done listening to our podcast, of course. So, Mr. Rooks is the best teacher. That's my first note. Turning history into a game show with clapping, stomping, and snapping. Like the best teacher. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the teacher who can take a dry subject like history, which I loved history. I like history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, the the subject that most teenagers hate to learn about and makes it fun and interactive and cool. He's the cool teacher. But the teaser ends when uh, a student named Carrie Bishop reveals that she's not pregnant by him. He doesn't have to worry anymore. Um, and so after the credits, okay. First of all, I was very surprised to see Veronica go right up to the teacher after class and ask if he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ooh, this what is, is going to be on? this is going to be a little r- I mean, they really try kind of justifying it by, you know, we see some flashbacks where Carrie is shown as being a real gossip queen of Neptune High as she calls her, and uh 
I don't know if you know this, but Carrie is played by Leighton Meester, who yes. is the star of Gossip Girl. <laughs> that uh, Kristen Bell ended up narrating for, of course. So, uh, XOXO. Um, <laughs> so, I, oh, I love when the girls are like singing Don't Stand So Close to Me to harass her. That was so like... <laughs> it it was eerie. It was very eerie. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Veronica loves this teacher so much and like she does not give Carrie the benefit of any sort of doubt. I mean, even... When Keith reveals that he's working for uh, Carrie's parents, I mean, Veronica practically cries witch hunt. Uh, (laughs) um, And Keith says that Carrie deserves to be heard, which uh, I'm just like writing WTF Veronica in my notes because he's like, he's like gossip and a manipulator. And I don't care what she has to say. This looks is the best. I know it's because, you know, Veronica is, well, not just that she's cynical, but that she's a good judge of character and she's smart and she's usually yeah. right. Yep. And she was wrong. Well, I mean, she should have put it together here. I mean, the flashback that she has that she got so upset with Carrie about when she overhears in the bathroom, Carrie telling a friend that she heard that Duncan got checked into a mental hospital and she got really, really upset about it and, uh, um, you know, yell at her or whatever. But like now, as of this episode, she knows that, you know, Duncan does have a medical history that, you know, which, I mean, if you're missing time, it might be a possibility you might be visiting a mental hospital for help, you know? So why not with this information go, oh, wait a second, maybe she was telling the truth back then, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Carrie does kind of um, go for the drama a bit. I mean, she she we find out that she... Um, made up this whole story because she knows somebody that who's Susan Knight, who was pregnant by Mr. Rooks and had to leave town because she was so embarrassed. Yeah, that's, it's really weird. That's, um, you're putting yourself on the line to become a, oh, what's the word? What's the word that means you're a social outcast? Pariah. You could be, yeah, you're taking a risk on becoming a pariah. Because you believe that somebody should get their, get the, uh, the, the, you know, to get be punished for something they did to somebody else, but you're willing to stick your neck out. And Veronica even pokes holes in her story by saying that you know there was like one of these she, she has she she ends up getting dates from Keith after an incident with an exploding die pack. <laughs> she, like Keith finally wised up and booby trapped that safe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, she, she does poke a hole in her story by getting the, a date that she said that she was with Mr. Rooks. It turned out that she was at a track meet. But, you know, the reason why was she actually was at a track meet. Uh, Mr. Rooks was with Susan that night. So, um, and also, how about that scene where, um, so we so we get this, like, hearing in front of, I don't know, like the student, not the student council, but like a student Board, parents board, teachers board, mm-hmm. the union yeah. board, um, where um, Carrie shows her phone and has all these text messages from Mr. Rooks. And Veronica then steals or gets Principal Clemens to send a bunch of text messages to the judge. And Mr. Rooks is like, ah, well, you know, it's easy to create false text messages on somebody's cell phone. <laughs> it's like, but that's, and then judge is like, 
no conclusive evidence dismissed, you know, <laughs> like, well, look, no, 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 no. I mean, that, does, uh, uh. I don't know. I think we're to an age where maybe that stuff could have been tracked. We need to Mac on that, on this one. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anyway, we find out that Carrie was lying, but she was also telling the truth because she was covering her for Susan. And Carrie was warning, warned Veronica about, uh, you know, you'll believe his sweet talk now, but wait till he puts on the Rolling Stones and he's got the black silk sheets. And then Veronica ends up in that situation at the end, which got really creepy. Mm. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I, I wish there was... Um, I, I wish there was one final dialogue scene between Veronica and Rooks. I mean, they don't talk anymore after that last incident, you know, when she leaves his house because he kind of comes into the classroom and gets his stuff and walks out and look kind of like looks at Veronica kind of like half sneeringly. I don't know. That's a word, Uh, but there's no discussion, but I'm I'm glad that Veronica at least apologized to Carrie. Um, Yes. and if you uh, notice the, the the namings of these characters, we got Knight and Bishop take uh, took out the rooks. Ah, oh. <laughs> with a little help of Veronica, of course. Uh, also, last bit of trivia here: uh, the plot of this episode is virtually the same as that of the pilot episode of Snoops, a show by David E. Kelly that Rob Thomas was writing for. And Kelly never used his script for the pilot, so Rob decided to use it for this show, replacing the characters to fit into the Veronica Mars universe. Mm-hmm. So interesting. So there, the dated uh, trope. The because uh, you know it was we saw it in my so-called life. It was a big thing in the nineties. What the teacher and the student? Yeah, not necessarily the teacher, the student. The putting the teacher, you know, the 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 students uh, looking up to the teacher so much that they, uh, you know, the captain, oh, captain by captain, you know that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of this stuff, a lot of these tropes kind of go into there. The idolizing the teacher, and the teacher turns out to have flaws, and and then of course you know the the statutory rape and grossness. I mean, it goes all the way back to the beginning of We Don't Want to Wait when we were talking about uh, Pacey and Miss Jacobs tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe I remembered that. Um, okay, so that's it. That's all I really wanted to talk about. I really. I, next time, hope Veronica believes women. Just saying. <laughs> um, but I will give it that they did put enough little holes in her story that you know Veronica at least looks better about that. It's just it's just sad that hopefully she wouldn't do that again. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, next week. What's next week, Rob? Next week. Next week we're going to be talking about four episodes. Uh, Rusky business. Uh, Betty and Veronica. What? Canes and Abel's. Ah. And uh, Weapons of Class Destruction. That'll be our penultimate episode on season one. And then the following week, we'll be talking about the last four episodes. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Having fun talking, Veronica. Glad to be back. We got a little, um, di- Excuse me? <laughs> 
Are you talking about the character Dick Casablancas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I noticed uh, in a couple scenes I saw that amazing hair show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know any way, any better way to close out a podcast than, uh, than you saying that. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, thank you for listening. Come find us at izombiepodcast.com or we don't want to wait. Dot com. We don't want to wait podcast.com. No, we don't want to wait dot wordpress.com. That's the we don't want to wait website. And uh, pretty soon we'll be back to being one podcast again, so I won't have to remember all this stuff. But yeah. Oh, well. See you see you next week, everybody. Bye. <laughs>